You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I had a thought for today, and I'm really struggling to try to try to do it <laughs> because it just feels ridiculous. The, the point was supposed to be that we've spent so much time on one thing. Let's look at some alternate realities, because we've, we've acknowledged that um, it's at least possible the Packers turn the season around. On Twitter, apparently 30% of people on the Twitterverse believe that we will, not that we can, that we will turn the season around, which is staggeringly high, in my opinion. The season is half over, we've only won three games, and we're heading into the hardest part of our schedule. And the easier part of our schedule are teams like the Lions that we just lost to and the Bears who um, we did beat. But again, that was that Sunday night game where the Packers usually score like 35 points and we didn't. But beyond that, the Bears have improved massively since the last time we've seen them. And it seems as though we've gotten worse. But anyways, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think like, all right, let's paint some different pictures here because we've pretty well painted the picture that this season will not end well. We will not get into the playoffs. We will not do any of these things. And then, you know, next year Rodgers retires because he doesn't want to come back to this disaster. And then David Bakhtiari we let go because why not? Rodgers left. What are we hanging on to? And probably Aaron Jones goes. Then we got a good amount of money. We've got a pretty good future. We probably got a pretty high draft pick. We get to see Jordan Love this year. If that's a disaster, fine. Doesn't matter because 2024 is when our cap hit is looking primo because that's when all that money comes off entirely. And we get another high draft pick, and we're probably getting a quarterback on top of all the, the guys that we drafted in 2023 to, to sort of supplement because we're probably not going to draft a quarterback. Maybe we will. I don't know. But that's kind of when things start to, you know, so, so that's that picture. So, again, I wanted to look at other options. I did reach out to Patreon, try to see what they were thinking, and did get a couple thoughts. So let's start there just from the standpoint of exploring different options. A slightly different option that I've kind of talked about a little bit, and it wasn't really a thought as much as a question, but uh, Chris says, intriguing thought of the day. If Rodgers retires and the Packers go after free agent Lamar Jackson, would he be a good scheme fit? I'm, I'm... So let's start with the question that was asked, and then we'll kind of get back into what we're trying to do here. Personally, with my very narrow understanding of how these things are supposed to work in Green Bay, I kind of think so. And that's coming from someone that isn't the biggest Lamar fan. I think I could really talk myself into Lamar being a great option for us pretty easily. First of all, 
again, mobile quarterbacks, as tough as it is, it's it's a massive advantage. I just think it's really hard to find one that can be a guy that can run and throw at the same time. But when you got a guy like Lamar, it's it's what it does to the defense is so devastating. Number one, as we heard many times, because our defense got put into this situation a couple times this year, you play man defense, your corners turn around, you're in, you're kind of dead. And so you're dictating to the defense in that way. But beyond that, we kind of had Quay spying a lot of the a lot of the time against some of these quarterbacks. If you don't do that, you might be in trouble. That brings them down to 10 men. Add on to that the simplicity for quarterbacks in this offense. Generally, that's how this is seen. It's more schematic, right? The idea being allow the scheme to do a lot of shoulder a lot of that work while we worry about you know, confusing the defense and putting them in tough spots so that they're looking one way and the ball goes the other way. And we're kind of layering things. So somewhere along the line, there's going to be an open guy. So your job, essentially for Lamar, and this is, again, very simplistic way that I see this, is I'm going to give you a very simple one, two, three read, right? Look here, look here. If they're not there, run. I want to simplify it so that you start off as a quarterback and I really make it simple. It's either there or it's not. And if it's not, you go. If you can. I mean, if you can't, you can't. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, let's start with that. And I, I just think that that could be a pretty awesome situation. Now, getting back to the original point of different avenues. Because again, the, the one that I posed is we roll with love and then we draft a guy. Or possibly we draft a guy this year if we get a high enough pick and we really like somebody. But there is another question. If let's just say, because we're going to eliminate the Rodgers is bad thing, right? Let's just leave that out of it. Let's just say Rodgers says this, this team sucks and I don't want to come back. What about finding a new quarterback, neither love nor the draft? Because that really is a, 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 an important point to bring up. Prior to this, I thought for sure he'd be here at least two years. I didn't think he'd bail after one, although there were some scenarios, maybe like if he wins a Super Bowl, he might say, I want to go off on top or something. But I, I, I thought he'd be back. But now we've got a new thing, and it's called This Team Sucks. <laughs> and Rodgers has no reason to subject himself to this. So either way, we have to acknowledge that there is very possibly a new quarterback next year. So 2023, there are kind of a lot of options here in terms of like legit or potentially legit quarterbacks. It, it, you've got for one Lamar, obviously you got potentially as weird as this freaking sounds. And I don't think it's going to work, but whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll put him in this tier. Geno Smith, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is kind of a, you know, I mean, he's, He's not a great player, but he's proven that he can be a quarterback that can quarterback a team to success, right? He's not a backup. He's a starter. He's just sort of a low-end starter. Um, Some other guys that I would have put in this camp not too long ago, like Baker Mayfield, but that's such a disaster right now. I don't know if that's even really an option. Um, There's also Tom Brady, (laughs) which I don't know if we want to go that route. How freaking crazy would that be? If Rodgers is like, yo, I'm going to get out of here, and um, the Bucks are like, hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to move on. This was kind of a disaster. And Tom's like, dude, I got nothing to go home to. My wife's gone. I want to keep playing. I think I can keep doing this. And the Packers are like, hey, we got, an, we got, a, we got a thing over here you can, you can do. Not saying good or bad. I'm just saying it's a thing. Um, 
some other kind of low-end options, in other words, guys that you could bring in, and there's plenty of these options, that would be sort of quarterback 1B with Jordan Love. You know, maybe you start this, or you start Jordan Love, and then if things are go real bad or he gets hurt, then you got that veteran. Plus, it's somebody to kind of coach him up. Um, again, Baker, potentially, although he probably is looking for a starting thing. Sam Darnold, I think, has pretty well established that he's not a starter in the league. Teddy Bridgewater, um, Case Keenum. Actually, Daniel Jones is on this list. That that could be a potential starter, too. Very, very low end. He's kind of on the border of low end starters slash really good backup-y kind of guy. I don't know. But uh, Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton. Um, try not to get into like third tier. Tyler Heineke, uh, Taylor Heineke. Gardner Minshew, that'd be kind of fun. So there, there are a lot of quarterbacks. Um, it's just a matter of, are you just trying to keep things afloat? Are you trying to find a veteran to help out Jordan Love slash take over if things are a disaster? Or are you trying to find a guy that might be the quarterback of the future, who I think is probably just Lamar? Again, or, or Lamar, a little bit Jimmy, although the injury history is brutal and who knows how much he's going to want to get paid. Um, also, possibly Daniel Jones, if you want to bring in a guy to essentially compete with Jordan Love so that we're kind of evaluating two guys. Let's like let's take a swing at Jordan and Daniel Jones, and if they both suck, we'll draft the guy next year. But maybe one of them will pan out kind of thing. Then there is the option of potential trades, which, I mean, you can just pick anybody out of a hat that could potentially be traded, right? Um, a lot of them would be cost prohibitive. So, for example, Kyler Murray would be somebody that you, uh, comes immediately to mind in terms of things aren't really working. It's kind of bad over there. Kyler's got a bit of an attitude. Maybe he'd be better over here. In fact, I bet he would. However, pretty untradeable contract as far as I can tell. Although, looking at it, um, a trade post June 1 is doable. Like, you couldn't do it now. You can't do it next year. It would have to be post June 1, which is kind of like a kind of redistribute some stuff to 2024. So I guess there's that. And if he's tradable, I'm guessing pretty much everybody is. Um, obviously, Buffalo is not. I don't think Miami wants to move on from Tua. There was a time when that was probably a thing. I don't think it really is anymore. Um, is he tradable? Yes, he is. In fact, he's on his rookie contract, so extremely tradable. It would probably just cost a lot. Could go get Mac Jones since Bailey Zappi seems to be a better quarterback. <laughs> I don't think we want Mac Jones, but anyways, I'm not going to go through every single team, but that is another potential scenario, regardless of whether the season goes continues poorly or turns around to whatever degree, there's a chance that Rodgers decides to leave, and there's a chance that within that, in fact, let me pose it to you this way, if I'm right about Brian Gutekunst being obsessed with all-in and basically having no plan B, he doesn't really have a choice but to go out and get a quarterback. Just a thought. Um, anyways, we got Steve giving his thoughts on how things can, would, should go. Says, number one, put Rodgers on IR over his thumb. Play love the rest of the season to see what we have. Number two, end of the year, get rid of 69 and have Rodgers retire. Yes, he can come out of retirement and play for the Jets. Yikes. Recruit offensive line help and look at running backs. The rest of the team is not in real bad shape. Have a long and hard conversation with the trainers about ACL injuries. Is there something we should be looking into? All right, so nothing massively drastic other than the part where 
the priority is offensive line and running backs. Obviously, the thought process being Love is going to be the quarterback, whether he's good or not. That's just how we're going to roll in 2023. The defense has enough pieces, plus we freaking invested enough at this point if you know, figure it out. And so fix the offensive line. Make sure we have a running back or running backs. Run the ball a lot. Play action and see how it goes. That's my thought on that. I think that's fair. I mean, I, either way, every every situation you look at is exciting and depressing at the same time. It's like it's it's a new era and every, everything new is exciting. Like, oh man, what if this? What if that? But at the same time, it's like, oh crap, we were good and now it's like we're doing this because you know we're not and stuff. That sucks. Finally, Aaron says the rebuild wouldn't need to be a complete breakdown, at least not right away. It would be incredibly premature to fire Matt because we hired him to be able to run a specific offensive scheme, which he hasn't been, uh, which hasn't been brought to its full potential because of the ironic handicap Rodgers has proven to be. Once Rodgers is gone, that is when I believe we can truly evaluate what we have in Lafleur and the future of the team. Allow Love to have a period to be a full leader of the team to see what we really have in him, while potentially drafting a quarterback early as soon as. Uh, as a sort of insurance option. We have all the pieces in place to run his style, so we just need to utilize them properly, which is why an an all-systems rebuild isn't necessary. The rebuild aspect, in my opinion, should be a deep dive into the roster and a clearing out of players who haven't shown signs of growth. Savage, Newman, etc. One thing I was wondering about is if there's ever been a situation where you draft a quarterback just in case... And then you hope that one of them, love slash new quarterback, are good and both of them are good? I wonder if that's ever happened. Just curious because I want to know which one of them got traded away. (laughs) It would probably be love. I mean, you would assume one of them would be significantly better or at least better to to enough of a degree that, um, that that would be the deciding factor. But for a lot of reasons, I think love would be the one to go bye bye. Number one, he's older. Number two, they've had more time to kind of look at him and and see what he can do in this, you know, it took three years to get here. The new guy, if he's starting off kind of at the level of Jordan Love, who knows how high he can go. Uh, the contract, which if I didn't already say that, be interesting. I, I, it wouldn't happen, but I'm just saying it would it would be kind of funny. And yeah, I, I, I think I agree more or less with the Matt LaFleur slash scheme thing. I, I You know, part of the issue, well, first of all, my issue with Matt LaFleur has more to do with leadership, but, you know, that's a separate issue. But beyond that, I, I think there is an element of Rodgers wanting to do certain things, and I think all the Rodgers stuff goes bye-bye. Even if they really like the Rodgers stuff, Rodgers isn't here to run it, so we're not going to be running it. So it's just going to look more like a, a pure Matt LaFleur offense, which is going to have some things that look like what we thought were Rodgers plays, because obviously you're going to have some shotgun, some four-wide whatever. But also, I think there's a limiting to Matt LaFleur's full unraveling of his offense just based on talent in general. You know, guys that just don't know what they're doing, can't do what they need to do, etc. But yeah, he, he clearly deserves another shot. Joe Barry, I'm not positive about. But I want to take a stab at this turning around thing because apparently, somehow... 30% of Packer fans think we are going to turn the season around. So I, I want to take a stab at this because I'm... I'm racking my brain, and we just found out, as I've been saying for a long time, Eric Stokes is likely done for the year. David Bakhtiari's all jacked up. Amari Rogers is jacked up. Campbell's out. Dobbs is out. Shamar Jean Charles is out randomly. I don't even think he's playing, but somehow he got he jacked up his ankle. So I got to figure out, in the midst of pandemonium, with nothing going right, 
the coach losing respect, having no answers, flat out telling us he has no answers. The um, you know, the locker room spiraling, lack of 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 hope for the team as a whole, the team seemingly getting worse, um, and of course losing through the easy part of the schedule and now going up against three teams with uh three of the few teams with winning records in the NFL coming up after just losing to the Lions and we lost Romeo Dobbs and um maybe Amari's going to be out and maybe Bakhtiari's going to be out and Devondre and and Rashawn and and Randall and Shamar and Stokes and and all that Chris Barnes also doubtful to play, so there's our backup linebacker is also not going to be playing with Devondre being out. So I have to figure out how we turn the season around. So what is the bare minimum in which this this season can be turned around? Do we have to make the play? I mean, if you miss the playoffs, I don't know how you can sit here and say we turned the season around. I mean, unless we're talking like at the very end we won the last two games in convincing fashion, but that's not exactly what I was meaning when I said that. So let's say nine wins is enough to get in this year because everyone sucks. The issue that I... This is, this is impossible. The problem is, in order to get to nine wins, we have to almost go undefeated. I don't know, maybe, maybe eight wins will get in, but let, let's call it eight wins. You know what we need to do? If we lose the next three, we have to go undefeated from there. Because that was my first thought. It's okay, let's say we, we drop it to Dallas and Tennessee and the Eagles. But then after that, we get on a hot streak, right? And we just start popping everybody. You know, Rogers' thumb's feeling better. The receivers are starting, you know, Watson has played, like, he's up to 15 snaps now because <laughs> whatever. You know, we, we start to kind of get something going. The offensive line is going. Rogers is cooking. The running backs are looking good. The defense is kind of figuring stuff out. Okay, fine. We go undefeated after these first three games. We're eight and nine. That means we have to beat the Bears, which I don't think at this point we will. But, you know, if we're playing better, sure. Um, Then we get a bye week, which is great, except we suck after bye weeks. But let's pretend we don't. Beat the Rams, which I don't feel too horrible about in terms of us usually being able to beat the Rams, uh, except for the part where we're the 2022 Packers. Uh, The Dolphins. Kind of doable. The Vikings seems very not doable at this point, but again, we'll keep our head down and keep churning. And then the Lions, who I'd love to say are a very easy team to beat, but we just lost to them. But again, we're playing better now. So that's what we would have to do. In order to get to nine, we have to go undefeated after and win one of the next three. If we win two of the next three, we get to 10. If we win three of the next three, we get to 11. So that'd be great. But again, I, I, I think we have to kind of reemerge. We're not going to go into Dallas. I mean, I don't mean into Dallas. I mean, you know, we're not going to go into this game and just smash the Cowboys. I, I mean, even if the Cowboys implode and play like garbage, I just don't see it. I mean, I know Stokes isn't having a banner year, but losing him is not insignificant. Losing Devondre Campbell is not insignificant, especially now that Barnes is out. Losing Rashawn is is one of the most devastating things that could happen to this entire team. I, I, I think Rodgers would be number one in terms of like your team just goes to zero. After that, Rashawn probably. 
I can't think of anybody else that has a, a bigger impact on our team overall. And, he, and he's not coming back. That's the thing. When we sort of, quote-unquote, reemerge, a lot of things are going well, but we don't have Stokes or Rashawn for the rest of the year. That's where this gets really tough. I mean, our pass rush is critical. When, when, when we have pass rush, our defense looks great. When we don't, we are terrible. When you can't stop the run or get to the quarterback, you're, you're toast. And that's my biggest concern is with Rashawn Gary being out, if our defense really falls off. Because remember, as much as we complain about it, teams are barely struggling to get to 20. If teams start putting up 25, 28, 30 points on us, we're so unbelievably screwed, it's insane. I mean, in order for this team to turn things around, our offense needs to start scoring more points than our defense gives up, which means we need to get to about 20, 23, 24, 25. If we can get our offense to do that, which is a massive hurdle, considering we're struggling to get to 10 right now against putrid defenses, we, we have to get to 20 or 23. But if our defense falls off, now we're asking this offense, which lost Romeo Dobbs, which doesn't maybe have David Bakhtiari and probably won't, you know, consistently going forward, even if he does play in this game. Still doesn't have Randall. I mean, I'm, I'm really honestly not trying to be just doom and gloom. I'm, I'm trying to get in the headspace of the 30% of Packer fans that say we're going to turn this around. And, and maybe it's just because it's on Twitter and they could easily click a button and they, they want things to be positive instead of negative and don't really care about portraying what they actually believe or whatever. I don't know. I, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to take it at face value that 30% actually believe it rather than are just trying to push something out there, positivity into the universe or whatever. I just, I can't really, really get there. I mean, I, listen, I, I could see some things getting better. Again, I, I could see a situation where we see strides from the wide receivers. We see improvement from Rodgers. We see improvement from the offensive line that hopefully starts to get more. I mean, we already have seen improvement from the offensive line. It's just, it'd be nice to get a consistent five or at least a consistent four. Um, defensively, I can't really see much positive. I can't see anything really growing outside of, you know, the rookies, Quay and Devondre. Jair's Jair. Stokes would be a guy we'd want to see grow, but he's, he's out. Uh, Devondre's out. Kenny could certainly improve over the last couple of weeks because it's just been real bad, whether that's his fault or a scheme situation or what. I, I really don't know, but that's been pretty drastic. But, but I mean, it's only been two weeks, so even if he kind of comes back, okay, he's coming back to what he was three weeks ago when we still sucked and we're getting beat up on. Um, you know, maybe we see Savage get moved to slot and, and you know, the Eureka moment comes on where, dude, this guy's a freaking dog in the slot, man, and, and in a positive way, D-A-W-G, not... Like dog feces. I got to work on my drawl so it's more obvious when I'm trying to say he's a dog. Not a dog, he's a dog. But I just, you know, that's it. I, I can see individual things. And, and that's what we've been saying all year. Even the fans who have been saying this is over. I'm, I'm excited to see certain things get better. I want to see Zach Tom emerge as a premier player in the league. I don't know if it's going to happen, but man, it would be awesome if it did, wouldn't it? I, I have become a massive Christian Watson fan, which has made me the most frustrated person on planet Earth because it's like, week one, I saw it. And I'm like, oh, right? It's like, it's right there. That's awesome. And then he's just been hurt constantly. And it's like, oh, man, if he comes back, he's, he's back. It's going to be a big day. Oh, and then it, it didn't happen. And then he comes back, and, and the Packers are like, we've got a ton of stuff queued up for him. And he got hurt after the first play. And then they did it again. And he got hurt again right away. It's like the Packers are to the point now where they've 
been able to evaluate things and realize that we need to make him a big part of our offense. On top of the fact that now we've got so many people hurt, it's like, all right, it's Christian Watson season. Let's go. And the other kind of positive about everybody being so bad is even if Christian Watson runs a couple wrong routes, it's like, yeah, he's not Sammy Watkins bad. He's not as bad as Lazard. (laughs) So I guess who cares? Be all right. At least we can throw the rookie label on him and say, hey, he's still learning. But I'll tell you what, 608-501-0718. If you think the team will turn this around, and and I don't just mean some players will will start to look better because that's, I mean, I don't want to say obvious, but it's, it's very, very unlikely that through the course of this, not one player on the entire team improves through the end of the season, right? So we're talking about the team improves down the stretch. And and we, we got to at least throw in there significantly enough to win games, right? <laughs> you, you can't go winless and be like, man, they really turned that season around, didn't they? That was crazy. And again, we're talking 30%. I know it's just Twitter, but there were like 600 votes. So about a third of Packer fans apparently believe that this will be turned around. Um, again, I can't get there, but if you have a thought on how that happens, 608-501-0718. Why don't we take a break here? Come back, and we've got some more things to look at for this Dallas Cowboys game. Uh, I wish I had something positive, but I just don't. Just the way it goes. So take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I wanted to play this clip for you. It's been uh, circulating like wildfire, things that have been going on. Um, So I guess I will just uh, play it as soon as I get this set up. And uh, we'll see where we go from there. I think that when you care about something, you know, and you're passionate about it, it kind of sits on you, you know. It kind of weighs on you, you know. And, you know, for some guys, you know, maybe maybe it doesn't weigh on them, you know. Maybe maybe it's just kind of going fast for them, you know. But, like, for myself, like, I'm just passionate about it. And like, you know, so I just be thinking about, like, every time I see somebody laughing, I'm like, why, why are you laughing? Like, we losing right now. <laughs> like, Didn't I just talk about this? I think it might have been Packer Night After Dark, but didn't I just just talk about this i i'm I'm so grateful to this team for backing me up every time i i kind of go out on a limb because i know people get mad at me about some of the stuff i say especially now because it's pins and needles out there right now because you know it's volatile number one which has been corroborated a thousand times is the idea that some of these guys are just not putting in the work right now he's he he said maybe you know maybe it's just not weighing on him enough. In other words, they don't want it enough. Maybe you know it's just going too fast for him. He says, but 
The bottom line is there's a lot of guys that just don't seem to care, don't really seem to want it enough, whatever. And he's talking about his own teammates. Beyond that, though, the question kept coming up on Packing It After Dark about Rodgers talking to the other team. And for me, honestly, at first, it didn't bother me. And, and, and at first, I actually kind of liked it because every time Rodgers is smiling, I feel good, right? Because usually that's when Rodgers is at his best. He was the opposite of Favre. When Favre got mad, he was unstoppable. When Rodgers is mad, he sucks. He's at his best when he's, when he's doing well, but it, it's a different kind of doing well. It's not like that glimmer in his eye, like, yeah, you know I'm the man. It's more like, yeah, we suck, but who cares? Like, I'm just having fun. Just hanging out with my guys over here. And by my guys, I mean, you know, the other team. Now, I know Jair is primarily probably, probably talking about other defenders. Guys that he plays with. But it still stands to reason. Because the thing I said is, how do you think other people feel? I specifically pointed out the defense. I specifically pointed out the defense and said, these guys are getting into fist fights. These guys are getting ejected from the game because they're so passionate about this. They're they're literally fighting the other team, and then they have to look out there and see you chumming it up with the other side. How do you think that makes them feel? He just told us how it makes him feel. That's my mindset. Like, you know, that's just because I'm competitive and I don't like to lose. So, I mean, if that isn't an underhanded dig, I don't know what it is. Like. You know, hey, it's not for every. He's very good at this, by the way. It's not for everybody. I know, like, not everybody's going to be like I am. Some people are, are a little bit more like having fun on the field. Some people aren't. But that's just because I'm competitive. You know, it's just because I actually care. It's just because I really want to win the game and it, like, means something to me. And I'm a competitor and, and I worked really hard for this. But it's not for everybody. Not everybody's a competitor. Not everybody cares. Not everybody's cut out for this NFL thing. So some people, they just like to have fun and yuck it up, you know, and, and laugh and, and, and giggle. But, you know, it's personal choice. It's totally fine. You know, like, that's just my edge. You know, everybody, you know, some people forget about it, you know, going by the day, but, like, not, not me, you know. I want to be the best. I want, I want the team to be. Again, he just did it again. He just did it again. I'm different. Why? Because I want to be the best. He, he is, this is exactly what I've been saying. He is drawing those parallels. You cannot be both. You can't go home and just live your life and not think about football and be the best. You can't deeply care about this to your core and then just have a good time just laughing it up with the other side. Those two things are mutually exclusive. You cannot do them both. That's what he's saying, isn't he? Be the best. I don't want to get a Super Bowl ring. So you would like to see maybe more seriousness? Yeah, I would like to see more seriousness. Who wouldn't? Like, it's not fun losing. Yeah. Pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? And, and, and listen, the fans that are calling in are calling in because they're frustrated. And, and it's exactly what I said. If all these people are upset, you're telling me nobody on this team is upset about it? Nobody on this team is, is going to be frustrated. We had one of the callers call in. He was at the game. I think it was in Washington. There was an injury timeout. The, the running backs are hanging out with each other. The offensive linemen are hanging out. It's Packers hanging out with Packers. Rodgers goes to the other side of the field and starts talking to the Washington guys. I, again, I know this isn't specifically a Rodgers thing, but it, it just corroborates everything that was said. Not only is it not okay, not only is it not the right mindset of a football player and a person that cares deeply about what he's doing, 
But also, it, it's true that there are people on this team, and some people on the team don't feel this way. They're going to be fine with it, presumably because they don't have the same mindset, according to Jair, because they don't actually want it bad enough. But but yes, the answer is absolutely 100,000% yes. There are people on this team. And remember, the locker room dynamics are a big problem, and there are a lot of little things, especially when you're losing, a lot of little things that are going get to get under people's skin. And Jair is flat out calling out people who are not taking this seriously enough and who are specifically on the field kind of laughing and joking with people. What are you laughing and joking about? Like, I'm trying to take this serious. That's the enemy right there. I don't know what you're laughing about. And I, you know, again, I'm thinking he's not calling out Rodgers. I'm thinking he's probably talking about some of the young guys or something, but I'm trying to think who, it's not Quay. Quay got ejected. It's not Stokes, obviously not Jair. I don't think it's Amos. It's not Savage. Who who are who are the defenders that are kind of yucking it up with the others? It sure as heck isn't Rashawn. Who's doing that? I, I, it, I can't help but think it's more of an offensive thing than a defensive thing. The offense seemed to be the more laid-back kind of guys. I mean, I, I don't know, but I could see Aaron Jones doing it because he's just a polite person. You know, I could see A.J. Dillon doing it. I could see David Bakhtiari doing it. It's just more of the, the chill vibe that the offense has. The defense has got an edge. Well, maybe there's a couple guys that aren't that way. I don't know. But I, I haven't seen it. Maybe Kenny. I don't know. It's hard to imagine like a trenches guy. It's why, you know, David Bakhtiari is kind of weird. Maybe. But it's, it's tough when you're smashing into a guy over and over again. Usually the, the tempers tend to flare. It's not very often that you guys are best friends. But maybe. I don't know. But again, this is just another thing on a massive pile of things. Another veteran guy coming out saying people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Guys clearly don't care enough, and he's getting frustrated. And here's, here's the thing. This is where real leadership needs to come in outside of the locker room because this is what needs to be fostered. Somebody needs to man up, primarily looking at Matt LaFleur, but you could say Joe Barry, you could say Matt LaFleur, you could say Brian Gutekunst if the coaches won't do it. There needs to be a talk in front of this team, and the people that need to be called out are guys like Jair in a positive way. And it needs to be very clear that these are the guys that we will build this team around. And if you're not here to play like Rashawn plays, if you're not here with the attitude that Jair has, I'd even go so far as to say, if you don't have the edge that Quay has, I don't support pushing, you know, innocent guys in sweatshirts, don't get me wrong, but that's what we're building here. And a guy that was in tears because he knows how much that hurt the team that he got kicked out of the game. This is what we're building. And there are way too many people in here who don't want to be a part of that. That's fine. We're going to make sure that you get what you want real fast. You don't want to be here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. No problem. There's a lot of turnover coming. But the next time you get a text message from one of your teammates saying, hey, you want to go out tonight? Just realize you got two options. You can go out or you can get that big contract. You can get set for life, and I will personally make sure to it that you are set for life financially. We'll do everything we can to put you in the Hall of Fame. Or you can go out and get drunk with your buddies. Up to you. You can go have pizza and wing night at at, uh, Jimmy John's house playing Fortnite or whatever the thing is these days, whatever the kids are doing. But again, I I don't think that's happening. I think it's a very hands-off approach. And when you get a hands-off approach, you're going to have people that take advantage of that. That's just the reality. You can't expect 53 or however many total guys there are running around 
it, guys on the team and in, in the locker room just self-monitoring and, and everybody just being self-motivated. Some guys are going to see that, that little bit of extra leash and they're just going to run with it. It's like having a bunch of dogs on a leash and just saying, you know what, we have food here. We can take them all off their leash and let them run free, and I bet they won't leave because, I mean, they love it here. They love this house. They, this is where all the food is. This is where their warmth is. I'm sorry to tell you, some of those dogs are going to be lost forever. They're never coming back. It doesn't make sense, but they're stupid. It's just the way it goes. Somebody has to step in and at least foster it. And, and it's got to be frustrating to Brian Gutekunst because they go above and beyond to bring in character guys. And if you're not going to do your part to foster and, and nurture that, and you're going to allow some of the guys that maybe aren't that way to influence some of the younger guys, that, that's another big fear. Number one is Jair becoming frustrated with the organization as a whole and just saying, you know, I'm, I forget it. Nobody here wants to play. I'm going to get my check and I'm going to bounce. If they don't want me, that's fine. I got paid. I don't need this. I don't want Jair to go to that place. But if he realizes that the team is not doing what it needs to do to make sure that we are going to win a Super Bowl, he just said that's his motivation. But if we're not going to do what it takes to get there, why should he care? I don't want that attitude to creep into his head. But I especially don't want the situation where it's a cesspool where everything that comes into it gets infected. Every new free agent, every rookie wide receiver, they come in motivated, they come in ready to play. And they're just going to come into this party environment where they're like, dude, take it easy, bro. It's all good. I don't want that. So you can see the locker room is trying to push back on it. Rodgers is trying to push back. Jair is trying to push back. I don't know that Rodgers is the perfect. Um, I mean, he, he's a good poster boy for some stuff, but maybe not other things. Rodgers wants you to just be, he doesn't care how you get there, clearly, because he's not going to put in the work to get there showing up to OTAs and stuff like that. And he doesn't, he doesn't need anything. I don't need a quarterback coach. I don't need extra practice. I don't need anything. I do whatever I want. I show up and I'm, I just, he, he has a gold toilet in his house and it wasn't gold when he bought it. Let's just put it that way. All right. So as long as you can play up to that level, he doesn't care. But other guys like Jair are saying, no, you got to put in, you got to put in, man. Not just, you know, taking it even a step further, it's not just your attitude and and your work habits from Monday to Saturday. It's your attitude and your habits on Sunday. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Joe Thomas was just talking about how stupid this Colts hire was. And and one of the things he talked about is how, you know, NFL coaches, it's one of the most miserable jobs in the world because, you know, the coach, I I don't know what coach he was referring to, but, you know, his coach, he said, basically lived at the stadium. He slept there. He woke up there. He worked. He said he saw his kids once a week. On Friday, he would pick up his kids from school. He would go get ice cream with them. He would drop them off at home, and he'd go right back to work. On home games, he would see them twice a week. He would do the Friday routine, and then on Sunday, they would come to the game, and he would drive them home from the game and then go back to work. Do you want to be great or not? And there's too many people on this team that are just, they're not getting it. They're not doing it. And I, and I understand football is hard. But at this level, at this point, you should already know this stuff. And if you don't, you need to learn it fast. And they're just not learning it. And again, it seems like we're getting worse. It's, it's just, I, I can't get away from the fact that this is a cultural issue. This is locker room stuff. This is study habit stuff. This, this is preparation stuff. This is mindset on Sunday stuff. And honestly, this is, this is where I get kind of concerned, right? I mean, all the talk has been about Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers isn't a concern for me. 
if Rodgers is good, then great. Then we continue kind of figuring stuff out. And if if Rodgers is bad, great. We figure out how to, where to go from here. But the massive concern I have is that the entire team went to zero, and I don't know if we can get it back. I mean, Rodgers, there, there isn't a piece bigger than a quarterback, right? But if you had to choose between Rodgers still being here, but the team stays trash, or Rodgers leaves and we figure this out and get it fixed, it's not even close in my mind what, what we should prefer. And so it's just, it's worrying to me. And, and, and maybe it shouldn't be, because again, this is very reminiscent of 2018. This is the same stuff that was going on, and I had the same thoughts of, there's no way we're turning this around anytime soon. I don't know how you fix this. I don't know how you clean this out. It's, it's, it's infected the entire team. It's permea- it permeated through the walls, but they got a new coach and a new, you know, no, that's pretty much it. They, they cut out a few people that were causing problems. Gutekunst did. Brought in a new coach and said, let's run this thing with a couple of, uh, couple of new pieces. Kind of fixed everything. So, and it was, again, it was Gutekunst that did it, but he, he, let, let, me, let me just end with this. It wasn't just Gutekunst that did it like he was the architect. It, ultimately, what fixed things is a problem was allowed to be a problem for too long until it ran up the chain far enough. In this case, it was Murphy. And Murphy turned around and said, enough is enough. This is, this is done. We're done with this. And changes were made. And, and Gutekunst was the guy that orchestrated it. He was given the keys. He was given permission. Rather than, hey, Mike, you got this. Just run it until it, it doesn't run anymore. Well, it stopped running. They gave it to Goot and said, it's up to you now. You make all decisions. And it was it was getting crazy to the point where um, I remember, I never remember who it is, and I've talked about it several times, but one of the wildest things I've ever seen, because again, the, the coaches controlled everything. But Gutekunst came into control, and you can kind of feel him lording over the team. He started cutting guys, and things were getting kind of crazy, and the coaches, it was Petten and, and McCarthy, I think, that were kind of trying to figure out what to do. One of the defensive players smacked a guy, and got penalized, or I don't think he was ejected. Maybe he was. I don't know. But Patton kind of came out and defended him. Like, yeah, you know, stuff happens. You know, it's no big deal. We, we're still going to stand by him or whatever. And within 24 hours, he was cut from the team. Gutekunst just said, nope, I'm in charge now. This is my ship. And he started tearing it down. And so I think the point is, things aren't working right now, but you're seeing restraint from Gutekunst and Murphy. And I think Murphy's going to be the one that that makes the call. And if it gets bad enough, Murphy's going to turn to Goot and say, take it over, fix it. And what that means, I don't know. If that means new coach, I don't know, but certainly players. He's going to go in. He's going to evaluate things. He's going to start cutting. Because right now it's up to to Lafleur, right? Gutekunst finds talent. He puts it in the locker locker room and says, here, make it work. And it's not working. He's not going to go. I mean, he can, but he's not going to go in and just start cutting away without Matt LaFleur's permission, and that's ultimately where things change. When when the keys get given entirely to Gutekunst to say, you are the, the sole holder of the keys, you make unilateral decisions to figure out how to fix this. That's when we're doing full cutaway, carve away, fix this thing. And again, I think part of the issue is they're being allowed, these problems are being allowed to fester. Because they haven't decided to tear down, and why would they? This is a brand new problem. I mean, we're we're a few weeks into like what the heck happened, so we've got to evaluate. It. But but I think that's coming. 
I think we decided to go all in. We we invested in it, and we're not very far away from the decision being handed to Brian Gutekunst to say, "All right, that sucked. We're 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 moving away from all in mode and going toward whether it be full rebuild, mini rebuild, whatever you want to call it." But the point is, he's going to be given control, and he's going to go in and just start hacking. And I agree. I think Matt Lafleur has given some leeway, similar to what we saw with uh, 2017 with um, McCarthy, where it was you know he gets he gets a year to prove that he's not the issue, and that's when he came in and he's like, "We have completely shredded the playbook. We have tore it down and rebuilt it from the ground up." And then they unraveled the exact same playbook <laughs> that they've had forever. But I, I I I think that's waiting in the wings. Right, we're all waiting for something to happen. I I think what's going to eventually happen isn't what people are expecting. What people are expecting something big to happen, like ooh, they're gonna make a trade, they're gonna do something crazy. It's like oh, they're gonna do something crazy. All right, they're gonna absolutely take a scalpel to this team. That's what they're gonna do. That's what Brian Gutekunst is gonna do. He is just a rabid dog waiting to be unleashed on this roster, and he's just waiting forward. Got stuck in my brain there for a minute from Mark Murphy. And, and honestly, that it makes me, in a weird, sadistic kind of way, it makes me feel better kind of thinking of it in those terms because I'm realizing that while some people are screwing around and not doing what they need to do to be a professional football player and to help us win games, and it feels like they're kind of just getting away with it because Matt's not holding them accountable and all that stuff, they're really not. Because what they don't realize is very shortly, because essentially we're, we're letting the season ride out. Right, we're just we're gonna go ahead and just let it ride out and see how she goes. And if it continues down this path, which I believe it will, a decision will be made. And and I don't even know exactly who these people are, but Gutekunst does, right? People that are just not putting in the work, not understanding what they need to be doing, not great for the locker room. It's gonna be the great hacking of twenty twenty two ish, three ish. And honestly, I I think you could start to see it when we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Because again, remember, there's a slim chance that we could get in. So there's no point in being drastic at this point. But once it's become clear that this is not going to get better and that we are not going to make the playoffs, and I'll tell you right now, if if they know that Rodgers isn't coming back for whatever reason, they're not going to let him play or whatever. In other words, they're not worried about this great resurgence of Rodgers coming in and, and we're going to tear this thing up in 2023 in a positive way, like we're going to win the Super Bowl next year. If that's not on their radar, then they're probably going to be very, very aggressive in the changes that they make. If they're unsure, you know, like, well, maybe Rodgers comes back and then we try this again, then, you know, they'll, they'll do a little bit here and there, a little couple, little, little snip over here, a little snip over there. But, I mean, that was one of the things I liked about Gutekunst is he, he really is ruthless. And he was, and he... He got this thing fixed quickly. Matt is not. Brian is. And I think Murphy is too. I'm not saying they're not good people, but they understand the business side of these things. And that's, again, where the whole rift started with Gutekunst and Rogers, because Gutekunst is a robot who just looks at things as though everything's a spreadsheet and says, this is a good idea. This is a bad idea. Let's go this way. And Rogers is like, hey, I want you to hear about my opinions. And he's like, why don't you go shut up over there for a minute? Why are you talking to me about this stuff? I thought you were the quarterback. Right, and that started a rift, and it's like I didn't realize I was going to have to deal with this stuff. But okay, I guess I have to learn how to do all this stuff. Hopefully, it didn't soften them up too much because we need we need angry goot to fix this, and hopefully, we don't ever go down that path again. 
Not saying that Rodgers doesn't have good input or whatever, but it's very important that Gutekunst treats this like a business. We're not dealing with personal friendships. That's a very dangerous thing to go down. I think that was a big part of the problem with the McCarthy team is everybody was friends. All the coaches, he wasn't going to fire any of those guys. There's no way. They're all, they're all like family. You cannot win in football that way because guys will take advantage of you. They'll start slacking off or they're just not talented enough. Well, what are you going to do, fire them? No. So I, I think that's coming. I think it won't right now because they're going to see how she goes. But once the season is done, the decision will be made, and we'll see what happens. Again, I don't know exactly how drastic you can be, but at that moment, decisions will be made. Whether they'll be acted on in that moment or after the season or whatever, I don't know. But that's when Gouda is going to be handed the keys to uh, fix the situation. That's what I think. By the way, um, I found this that I thought was... Maybe it's a, a common thing that I'm just not aware of, but it, it, I like the way it's parsed because usually it's just optimist and pessimist is how I phrase it. But uh, Ike, you know, the Twitter guys, they said, where do you stand Packer fans? And they said, optimist, realist, or futurist. I like that. And I've realized, I think I'm a futurist. I mean, realist works, but that's kind of a synonymous with just pessimist. And I don't think I'm that. I mean, I might be kind of now, but, you know, the fact that I go back and forth depending on the situation. But I do. I always like that, thinking about the future. Anyways, I got to get going because I got to do this whole uh, Packernet After Dark thing, 608-501-0718. But uh, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.